bet you this camera was built before you were born. No. <laughs> yes. Take a picture of me with that camera. You want me to take a picture of you? Hold on. Stand right there. Just like that. Perfect. Hold it. Bingo. Now you gotta count to 25. Can you count to 25? No. You're listening to Shake It, a modern Polaroid love story by Megan Jones and Vanessa Lowe. I'm Megan Jones. 22, 23, 24, 25. Here we go. You can't see it yet. Taking a Polaroid picture is a totally sensory experience. The click of the shutter, the whir as the photo comes out, and then there's the shake, right? Emotion so strongly associated with Polaroid that Outkast commanded us to shake it like a Polaroid picture in their monster hit, Hey Ya. That song came out in 2003, two years after Polaroid declared bankruptcy. We were already putting Polaroids away by then, replacing them with digital cameras and smartphones. But our collective fond memories and attachment to Polaroid, this is apparently something we cannot shake. Everyone has a Polaroid story. Your life is littered with those little white frames. It sort of actually goes back to my childhood because this used to be my grandmother's camera. And she always had a Polaroid with her anywhere we went. And I hate it when she took pictures of me and my brother because we always had to stand there and look like we liked each other. <laughs> and in reality, it was nothing like that. Yeah, there's a certain amount of nostalgia there. You know, I didn't like it at the time, but if I think about it now, yeah, it's something, it's curious. I just have childhood memories of taking Polaroid pictures as a kid and watching the picture develop and just going, wow. <laughs> You always got the feeling that with the Polaroid that you were playing with it. And then that would be uh, the playfulness. It's just instant happiness. <laughs> the perfect Polaroid, that's priceless. That's rewarding. That's... Yeah, put that in a commercial Amex. Yeah. <laughs> Edwin Land, the inventor of Polaroid, pioneered something we all now take for granted. Instant photography. Capturing a moment in the moment. When the first Polaroid land cameras came out in 1948, getting a picture in your hand in one mere minute was nothing short of amazing. These cameras were the product of art, engineering, chemistry, and imagination. Christopher Bananos talks about why the story of Polaroid is a great one. I'm Christopher Bananos. I'm the author of Instant, the Story of Polaroid, and I am also a senior editor at New York Magazine, where I cover arts and culture. Art and technology mix beautifully and spectacularly in Polaroid because you had to not only create an instant picture, which required crazy chemistry and crazy physics and insane engineering, and then Polaroid had to manufacture those things at giant scale. And it was all in the service of what? Making something more beautiful. Fundamentally, it was about making pictures that looked great. Land really had the idea from the very beginning that photography should be a one-step process. You should just be able to grab pictures all the time. You would just look through frame, bang, fire the shutter, bang, fire the shutter, look, shoot, see. What he said was, this is a camera that should be with you every day, all the time. He said it'll be like that you use it the way you use a telephone. So what he is describing very vividly is the camera on your cell phone. The rise, growth, and then collapse of Polaroid was 
a good story. And Land was a fantastic character. People constantly compared him to Steve Jobs, and they had a great deal in common. Edwin Land and Steve Jobs were technology and design visionaries. They made objects of desire, things that are a pleasure to own and to use. And as soon as they brought products to market, they started refining them. The first Polaroid Land cameras were pretty big, and they used roll film. Pack film came next. That's the kind with the white paper tabs that peel apart from the photo. Then in 1972, the Polaroid SX-70 came out. These cameras use film that develops in front of your eyes, so there's no extra paper to throw away. Christopher Bananos makes a Polaroid to Apple comparison. This is an SX-70. It folds flat. It looks like a cigar case. It's finished in brushed chrome and real leather. It was equivalent to buying maybe an iPad or a laptop now. It was an expensive gadget purchase. But it also is an exceptionally fine little instrument, and it hits some of those same pleasure notes that an iPad did the first time you saw it. You know, it feels good in the hand. It's just the right size and weight, and it's charming in the way a technological object can sometimes but rarely be. The optics of this camera are like nothing else anybody ever manufactured. During the one and a half seconds after the shutter button has been pushed, and even during viewing, another story is going on inside the camera. This optical path from subject to eye is unique to this single lens reflex system. All elements are articulated to fold into a compact unit that folds flat. It is a miraculous piece of engineering. The four element lens collects the light which bounces off of a permanent mirror to a fine Fresnel surface. You know, it's old chemical photography, and the processes are a little more like living things. One thing you shouldn't do anymore is the shake, which everybody does anyway. Wait, seriously? Shaking the picture helps it develop faster, right? Yeah, wrong. The shake hasn't been needed since Polaroid's early days of black and white film. That film needed a liquid sealant brushed on top of the photo in order to keep it from fading. And if you wanted it to dry, you had to wave it in the air. That practice lingered long past the age where you had to coat Polaroid photos. The ones we all grew up with are sealed under a sheet of plastic. They're bone dry. You can, you can sit on them. Everybody shakes them anyway. I think it's because you feel like you have to do something to make the magic work. People insist on shaking them. 60 years after that requirement was created and 40 years after it became obsolete. Arthur C. Clarke said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Well, technology yields to newer technology, and Polaroid surrendered to the more potent magic and low cost of digital photography. By 2009, they'd stopped making cameras and film. Yet there were thousands of cameras still in the hands of artists, photographers, and the general public. They loved these cameras fiercely, and they weren't giving them up without a fight. I started talking to artists about the end of this medium, and they were really agitated about it. They weren't nostalgic and sad to see it go. They were irritated and angry. I was angry. <laughs> I was like, how dare you just stop like that? This was something I'd grown up with. It was almost like if Kleenex stopped making tissues. It was something that was just part of the culture. I felt irritated, I think, more than anything. That angry man is Dave Bias. He's the man behind the movement and the website SavePolaroid.com. He emphatically, resolutely did not want integral film for Polaroid cameras to just disappear. Dave went on to become the U.S. vice president at a company aptly named The Impossible Project. The Impossible Project was founded in 2010 by two guys in Holland 
one of whom had been the manager of Polaroid's last film plant, and the other of whom was an entrepreneur. And they bought that last film factory 48 hours before it was supposed to be stripped down. And if it had gone, Polaroid film would have gone forever. If these guys hadn't started the Impossible Project, thousands of perfectly functioning Polaroid cameras that use integral film, that is the kind of film that you want to shake, would collect dust. To make things even more impossible, the original film formula was unusable because some of the chemicals used in that process are no longer available. Dave Bias explains. No one can make Polaroid film, not even Polaroid. My name is Dave Bias, and I'm the vice president for Impossible America. When I started Save Polaroid, I don't want to say I was naive, but I was completely naive about what it took to make film. I don't know what I thought, if elves put it together or something, but for some reason I didn't think it was difficult. It's so incredibly difficult. It's especially difficult to make film in a world that isn't geared for film anymore. It's like if we decided to make top hats. The world isn't geared for top hats, so making top hats is going to be difficult. If you're starting a technology business in 2010, the one to pick is not film for 40-year-old analog cameras, and yet they threw themselves at it. We're making it relevant in the modern day to show people that it's not just about nostalgia. This is something that can exist in tandem with all the digital things in our lives. And by accepting that and embracing that, actually, it makes the experience richer. There is a level of Polaroid passion. These guys had it bad. So now we come to my love story. I was in the Mission District of San Francisco with a friend when we popped into Photo Booth SF, a store that focuses on tintypes, analog cameras, and film. And that's when I glanced up and I saw this gorgeous thing. This, the Polaroid SX-70. I'm just caught in the web of love so fast Developing so fast Like a Polaroid My mouth went dry. I felt my face get hot and I knew I had to have that camera. Forget my iPhone camera and all the camera apps. Forget my digital camera, lonely, somewhere in the back of a drawer. Forget the fact that the film for this particular camera is 20-something bucks for eight shots. This handsome, brown leather-covered folding object just captured me. Melissa, who works at the store, suggested that I go on a date with a Polaroid camera before getting married, and she invited me to go on an instant photo walk where I could borrow a Polaroid, buy some film, and try my hand at taking photos. So welcome everyone to another monthly instant camera photo walk. Usually I'm here with more beer than cameras. So normally we meet here at 1 o'clock, we go out and shoot the mission in all its loveliness on a Sunday afternoon. Come back here and short images and drink a couple beers. And we meet here every month. Generally, anyone with a beret is the person to talk to. <laughs> when it comes to Polaroid cameras... We're in the photo booth in the mission, and there's a lot of people milling around, uh, kind of excited, getting ready to go on the photo walk, uh, using the cameras, looks like, for the first time, a few of them. There's no real leaders. There's more like technical support out there on the road because there's people never shot this before or it's their first time in many years and you gotta know your tricks on the street. 
Brian Brooks led these Sunday instant walks. It's always a pretty diverse group, including people like me who are initially labeled Polaroid curious. I've walked with teenagers, professional photographers, artists, and tourists. We gather at the store. You borrow or bring a camera and get film. Then there's a little beer and a little instruction. Have you done this before? No. Okay. So what you need to remember is when you grab the actual picture to pull it out, don't be afraid. Just pull it with like steady, even pressure. Because the developer, there's like a little pack of developer that's getting smashed through the rollers and spreading it across the photo. So if you kind of stop halfway, it's going to have little lines in it. Which is still part of the experience, but if you get lines, that's why. <laughs> that's Melissa Santiago, my Polaroid matchmaker. Um, I work here at Photo Booth, and I'm just explaining to people how to use the cameras that they're checking out. Most people, probably under 35 or 40, the kind of Polaroids that they're using, they probably haven't even seen before. Oh, I'm going to take some Polaroid pictures with these other people who love Polaroid. It is a beautiful, bright, sunny day, so I think color's gonna be really nice. I also am excited to shoot two packs of the new Impossible film. I have a Polaroid, but it's a Barbie camera. Okay, that's Brian's daughter. She's obviously not a part of the beer drinking crowd. It's a little hard with the kids to do a, a photo walk. But I have a two-year-old strapped onto my back in a backpack, ready to take photos with me. I like to take photos of like graffiti faces and just kind of abstract stuff on the street. Okay, so we're gonna go outside over to this elementary school and I'll walk you through taking your first shot. And then we'll come back and we'll get together with Brian. I was gonna take them outside, the loners, and do the first. Right on. Okay, so everybody who has a loner and needs to walk through, follow me. Everyone steps outside onto the sidewalk on Valencia blinking in the afternoon sunlight, adjusting camera straps, and checking bags. The veterans help the newbies, and after everyone gets some basic camera knowledge, we break into smaller groups and are set loose on the streets of the Mission District. And I'm walking up to church. I'm walking towards church. Oh, awesome. Let's go that way, yeah. We are on Dolores Street and 26th, I believe. And so Dolores Street is one of the pretty famous streets within San Francisco, lined with palm trees, and occasionally you can see some parrots, too. <laughs> I'm shooting some expired Polaroid film, so oh, okay. every image that's coming out, I'm going, oh, yeah, Polaroid. <laughs> I'm using a Automatic 100, which was the first pack film model for color film. Don Draper on Mad Men has one, and it's about 50 years old. My grandparents had a one-step, one with a rainbow stripe. I used SX-70 film in the 70s, and I've been shooting film all my life. I like shooting film because uh, you don't lose your pictures and your computer crashes. A couple of uh, news racks. They're covered with graffiti and stickers. That was a shot of the... This is messy. <laughs> I've taken one picture that didn't come out that great, and I've taken another picture that I'm scared to look at. I like when it comes out like, you know, like when there's hard edges. Yeah. Not, not just all fully developed. So one of my very favorite parts of all the photo walks that I've been on is at the end. We head back to the store where we get beers and then everyone just starts pulling out all these photos. You lean in to look at them and touch them. We laugh, compliment, and complain. What'd you do there? 
horrible light leak of some variety. Oh, nice, nice. Look at that. What well, about I it? tried to do a That's double, a double exposure, right? I tried to right? do a double yeah. exposure, yeah. but it looks pretty cool to me. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> I mean, I think that's you got yeah, what you what's wanted. What's the problem with that? Right? I guess I wanted it to be a little darker, but I'll take well. it. <laughs> I love this. This is the first time I've used an instant camera and it's amazing. It's awesome. It's nice to see like your actual finished product right in your hands. It is uh, an object as well as a photo. You hold it in your hand, you feel its thickness and its flexibility. It's not just a print, it's the thing itself. I felt like the digital revolution didn't need to really replace everything. There's a lot of analog things in the world that can coexist with digital. Things that are real now have a different level of value. Digital things are ubiquitous and they're endlessly able to be replicated with no loss in quality. Movies, music, photos, and I think as a result, real things have increased in value. There's a larger community of people out there who recognize the value in tangible objects. Polaroid cameras are just physically attractive things. The SX-70s are sleek and leathery. The older land cameras have these amazing folding black bellows. The later Polaroids have pop-up and pop-down flash bars with the rainbow stripe logo. These cameras do not fit into a pocket. They are deliberate. You can see and hear these cameras coming. And those little white snapshots, they seem to mean something. Film to me is a permanent thing. And I also just like it because it's chemical. We're made of chemistry, and I think we gravitate towards other things that are made of chemistry. When thinking about why Polaroids resonate with me, a lot of people say because they're nostalgic, because it's, it's physical, but I wonder why that matters. That's William Wesley. I met him and his partner, Bruce Scott, on my first instant photo walk. They're the two young photographers behind PolaroidSF.com, a popular photo blog. I'm William Wesley. I'm 31 years old. We're in my living room in San Francisco. William and Bruce are in love with Polaroid. William talks about the chemistry he has with instant photography. For me to be nostalgic for cameras from the 60s doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm too young. For something physical, I don't necessarily know that I need something physical to appreciate it. Maybe younger generations are different. Maybe kids these days think in zeros and ones, but I don't. And I know that when a photo is pushed out of the camera, it's chemicals smearing on paper. But when a photo appears out of a digital camera, going into microchips, and that is beyond my brain's capacity.